Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. What do you do when your career as a minister or politician staffer comes to an end? For many of these people, it's a case of stepping into a nicely created position on a board or appointed to head a new group or study where you'll be handsomely paid for your efforts. How you get this role is not scrutinised, nor are your credentials really checked. It's an appointment for being in the inner circle of the current government. So why has one of these jobs, the one created by and then, quote, gifted to former New South Wales Liberal Deputy Premier John Barillaro, now in the spotlight when so many others have benefited from this system before him? What we're really interested in here with Barillaro and with so many other cases is what's the right thing to do. It's not just a question of whether it is technically legal, but the point was it didn't pass, you know, the so-called pub test or community standard. Today, we look at the cushy jobs for mates process that has allowed those in close poly circles to get a nice job and a fat paycheck after they leave the halls of Parliament House. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Back in April this year, right before then-Prime Minister Scott Morrison called the election, the government started to appoint a stack of people to well-paid positions. Former New South Wales Liberal Minister Don Harwin was offered a three-year term on the Australia Council Board. He'd quit his job just a month earlier after he was fined $1,000 and stood down after spending time at his holiday house during a COVID-19 lockdown. One of the Prime Minister's favourite singers, Tina Arena, was reappointed to the Arts and Culture Board. Former WA Liberal State MP Michael Mission was appointed the Deputy President of the AAT, the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, that reviews decisions made by government ministers on things like citizenship, child support and the National Disability Insurance Scheme, on a salary just shy of half a million dollars for the next seven years. Former New South Wales Liberal Minister Prue Goward and Mr Morrison's former Chief of Staff Anne Duffield were also given roles on the board of the AAT, jobs that pay an annual salary of almost $400,000. Then Attorney General Michaelia Cash also appointed five judges to the Federal Circuit and Family Court, 
One of those judges, Fiona Ma, was also given the role as president of the AAT. Former State and Cabinet Minister John McVeigh was given a job conducting a major study of water infrastructure, while ex-Water Minister Keith Pitt also appointed an oil and gas lobbyist as the head of the Murray-Darling Basin Authority. Former Victorian Liberal Premier Dennis Napthine was given the job as head of the National Disability Insurance Agency Board, and the list goes on, with the former government handing roles to those aligned to the Liberal Party on the Reserve Bank Board the board of SBS, as well as handing out ambassadorships. This kind of thing is not new. Governments, both Liberal and Labor, have handed cushy jobs to those in their inner circles time and time again, with a flurry of appointments coming right before elections. But recently, one role in particular has shone a light on the practice like no other. We're talking about former New South Wales Liberal John Barillaro. There has been damning evidence over the John Barillaro job scandal. The Investment New South Wales Chief Executive conceding she had originally offered the position to someone else. An inquiry into John Barillaro's appointment to a prestigious US trade position has heard the job was going to be a present for someone. Back in November 2020, then Deputy New South Wales Premier and Trade Minister John Barillaro announced the creation of five new senior trade and investment commissioner positions and the Agent General in London as part of a $112 million commitment expanding New South Wales's trade and investment network overseas, a move that many saw as very beneficial to the state. By August 2021, the selection of who would get those positions was in full swing, and a verbal offer was made to former Investment New South Wales Deputy Secretary Jenny West for the role in the US. The next month, a staffer from John Barillaro's office asked Amy Brown, the Investment New South Wales CEO, how the process to choose those appointments worked. The government then said they wanted to change the process, making them statutory appointments by ministers instead of by the public service. By October, the verbal offer to Jenny West was withdrawn, and three days later, after the resignation of leader Gladys Berejiklian, John Barillaro also announced his resignation as Deputy Premier. In December, he retires from Parliament, and in June 2022, he's appointed to the role as the US Trade and Investment Commissioner. The backlash is harsh and fast. And so less than two weeks after his new job is announced, John Barillaro steps down from the controversial role. An inquiry into how this position was handled has begun, and the woman who had originally won the role, Jenny West, gave evidence. On 14th of October 2021, I had a Teams meeting with Miss Brown at her request. She told me that I would not be getting the Senior Trade and Investment Commissioner role for the Americas. Miss Brown said that the position, and this is a quote will be a present for someone. The inquiry also heard from Barillaro's former Chief of Staff, Mark Connell, who said he had a conversation with his boss back in 2019 after a meeting with then-Treasurer Dom Perrottet and Minister Stuart Ayres where they discussed creating the Commissioner roles. Barillaro allegedly told Connell, This is it. This is the job for when I get the f*** out of this place. When Connell replied that the job in London would be filled well before he retired, Barillaro reportedly responded with, I don't want to go to London. F*** that. I'm off to New York. Mr Connell said he pointed out that the current office was in California, to which he said, Mr Barillaro responded and stated, I'll get them to put one in New York. That's where I'm off to. 
So has what happened in this case overstepped the line somehow? Or is it a case of the practice of the whole jobs for mates in Australian political circles has actually run its course? Mark Kenny is an Australian Studies professor at the Australian National University's College of Arts and Social Sciences. He's also host of the weekly politics and public affairs podcast, Democracy Sausage, with Mark Kenny. Mark, we're told every government does this, Labor or Liberal. It's like the whole pork barrelling thing we heard about when we were talking about sports rorts back in the day. Everybody does it. So does that mean we should turn a blind eye to it? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, what does everybody does it actually mean? Are they actually saying this is culturally normal? This is a widespread, long-established practice, therefore there's nothing wrong with it. That's wrong. That's wrong in the case of politicians getting involved and making politically advantageous allocations of public money to certain sporting groups and denying it to others, as we saw with sports rorts, you know, on a huge scale. And it's wrong in the positioning of political confidants, political supporters, former politicians, people with whom you need to you know, buy some sort of favour or pay off in some way or push a particular political line within an organisation that might be a museum, for example, that you've put someone on the board of or made them the chair of or whatever. These arguments that this is normal, that it's widespread, that both sides do it, it's a fudge, a giant fudge, because it is unacceptable. Most people would think it's unacceptable. It doesn't pass the sort of community standard. We should expect better from our politicians And we should certainly be saying when they say this is widespread, everyone does it, we say, well, all the more reason now for us to find ways of addressing it because you're saying not only have you been caught here doing it, but that other people do it and that you're doing it in a number of other spheres that haven't come to light at the moment. And we ought to be alarmed as an electorate about that. And as a voting public, we should insist on action to clean all this up. So, Mark, the situation with John Barillaro, he did decide to not go ahead with that appointment in the US because of the pressure from the public that was coming at him and from other political opponents as well. So technically he hasn't been forced out of that role because he's done anything wrong, right? Has everything he's actually done to this point been above board? It's one of those things, and you often get this in politics and in government, You get the question about whether it's the morally right thing or the socially right thing or the culturally right thing, and that's on one hand, and then you get this other question about whether something is legal or illegal. And we saw the government federally getting into this whole murky area when it was opposing a federal version of the ICAC and wanting to have only those matters which were actually illegal investigated by whatever body it would have had set up had it won the election, supposedly, which was probably nothing because they were doing nothing on it. But generally speaking, that's a false sort of binary because what we're really interested in here with Barilaro and with so many other cases is what's the right thing to do. It's not just a question of whether it is technically legal, and it was technically legal for them to appoint him, but the point was it didn't pass you know, the so-called pub test or community standard. It didn't pass any of those things. It was a obviously political interference in a process, rewarding a mate with a job, a present, as was at one stage alleged to have been said. And most people would regard that as corrupt, even though there might not be any specific law or statute or common law principle that's actually broken. So how do we then stop it? We saw in the case of John Barillaro's position that it was a first 
time around, advertised and candidates who were suitable for the position were found and even offered the position before it was basically retracted. So that seemed like the right process to start with. It's just been overridden. So how do we make it fairer? Well, in that particular case, you'd say it looks like the process, as you say, was correct. They found someone, they interviewed, they appointed someone on merit and then withdrew it. That's just a complete breach of process right there, irrespective of what happened next. But the applicant claims that she was told that it was going to be a present, that is the job, the appointment that she had been appointed to was going to be a present for someone else. And that really just bells the cat, doesn't it? I mean, it really exposes what's really going on here, that there was an effort to pay Barilaro off effectively with this cushy high-status appointment in New York. I mean, who wouldn't want a senior job in New York gifted to them? It's a breach of trust to the electorate. It's using the power that the government has against the public in a way because a meritorious appointment has been made and then that has been overridden and the job handed out for a partisan gain, a political purpose for the government. I think it's an egregious example of corruption. I would have thought that the applicant in this case probably has a pretty strong case in terms of breach of contract in relation to you know having been off the job, accepted the job and then had it taken away from them. Do you think if we were to change these standards that it might change the type of people who enter politics in the first place? I mean, the idea is that you, you know, you hopefully serve for however long your government is in power, but that could end at any time, as we saw at the May election. So you kind of need to set yourself up for a future beyond that very potentially short career. Would that then kind of change the sort of people who then enter politics in the first place, you think? Yeah, it's a good question. I wonder if it would. It's interesting, isn't it, uh, people thinking I do a term or two in Parliament and then get appointed to a few boards. I mean, there are people who make their living from board appointments, and I don't mean just, you know, inappropriately gained ones through the political process, but there are, of course, people who are on a number of boards who make their living from that. And I suppose there are some people in politics who figure they'll be in favour with the governing party and uh, get put on this, you know, the Olympic board or, you know, who knows, you know, some high status thing. That's part of their motivation. I would hope that we have much stronger ethics around these sorts of things and that governments, having had some of these matters exposed, would commit to doing the simple old-fashioned idea of doing the right thing, of actually making these appointments on merit. Right up until recently, I was on the selection board for the SBS and ABC boards, so a small committee which would do interviews and provide government with suggestions to fill vacancies on both of those boards, SBS and ABC. Now, they're high-status boards and they're highly sought-after positions. Most of the time, frankly, the government ignored the merit recommendations of the committee and made its own appointments. So there are a whole number of people on those boards, ABC and SBS, who are there as a result of political decisions. Now, were all those decisions wrong? I don't know that you could say that, but they weren't people who, in some cases, even went through the selection process. What we want is high-level appointees to public boards that are appointed on merit, where governments do the right thing and where the process is entirely transparent so that as a safeguard against this kind of murky political manipulation that has become all too common in our system. There are also questions about former politicians who end up taking roles in the private sector after leaving Parliament, where their contacts with government and insider knowledge would directly benefit that company. 
when former Defence Minister Christopher Pine announced he was taking up a role with EY as a consultant to their expansion into the defence industry barely a month after leaving Parliament, Central Alliance Senator Rex Patrick called it out as a breach of ministerial standards. Those standards state that for 18 months after they leave office, former ministers will not lobby, advocate or have business meetings with members of the government on any matters on which they have had official dealings as a minister. It also says ministers cannot take personal advantage of information to which they have had access as a minister where that information is not generally available to the public. Former Foreign Minister Julie Bishop was also called out for taking up a role on the board of Palladium, which manages hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts through the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. During her time as Foreign Minister, she helped privatise foreign aid spending. Palladium was one of those companies who directly benefited from that change. An investigation was done by the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet Secretary Martin Parkinson, who cleared both Bishop and Pine of any wrongdoing. Now, Julie Bishop is an ambassador and strategic advisor for a mining services company, where she's appearing in promotional videos alongside Hollywood stars Hugh Jackman and Kate Walsh. Good morning, Julie. Morning, Kate. Oh, it's Hugh. Hey, Jules, um, listen, my phone is kind of on its last legs. Could you just send me a, a refill of lithium? Is that all right? No problem, Hugh. Send me a text. Awesome. You're the best. Thanks. I mean, seriously, how much lithium does one guy need? While this one might be a little cringe, at least it isn't breaching ministerial standards. This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Tom Lyon. This podcast was made by Mamma Mia. If you want to support women's media, we'd love it if you became a Mamma Mia subscriber. It costs as little as $5.75 a month. For more information, see the link in our show notes.